Letters from an American, written by Heather Cox Richardson, read by the author. February 10th, 2024. A key story that got missed yesterday was that the Senate voted 64 to 19 to allow a bill that includes $95.34 billion in aid for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan to advance a step forward. In terms of domestic politics, this appears to be an attempt by those who controlled the Republican Party before Trump to push back against Trump and the MAGA Republicans. MAGA lawmakers had demanded border security measures be added to a national security supplemental bill that provided this international aid, as well as humanitarian aid to Gaza. But to their apparent surprise, a bipartisan group of lawmakers actually hammered out that border piece. Trump immediately demanded an end to the bill, and MAGA obliged on Wednesday, forcing the rest of the party to join them in killing the national security supplemental bill. House Republicans then promptly tried to pass a measure that provided funding for Israel alone. At stake behind this fight is not only control of the Republican Party, but also the role of the U.S. in the world. And for that matter, it's standing. And much of that fight comes down to Ukraine's attempt to resist Russia's invasions of 2014 and 2022. Russian President Vladimir Putin is intent on dismantling the rules-based international order of norms and values developed after World War II. Under this system, international organizations such as the United Nations provide places to resolve international disputes, prevent territorial wars, and end no-holds-barred slaughter through a series of agreements, including the United Nations Charter, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the UN Genocide Convention, and the Geneva Conventions on the Laws of War. Putin's invasion of Ukraine, deliberate targeting of civilian populations, and war crimes are his way of thumbing his nose at the established order and demanding a different one in which men like him dominate the globe. Trump's ties to Russia are deep and well-documented, including by the Senate Intelligence Committee, which was dominated by Republicans when it concluded that Trump's 2016 campaign team had worked with Russian operatives. In November 2022, in the New York Times Magazine, Jim Rutenberg pulled together testimony given both to Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation and the Senate Intelligence Committee, transcripts from the impeachment hearings, and recent memoirs. Rutenberg showed that in 2016, Russian operatives had presented to Trump advisor and later campaign manager Paul Manafort a plan for the creation of an autonomous republic in Ukraine's east, giving Putin effective control of the country's industrial heartland, where Kremlin armed, funded, and directed separatists were waging a two-year-old shadow war that had left nearly 10,000 dead. But they were concerned that the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, might stand in their way. Formed in 1947 to stand against Soviet expansion and now standing against Russian aggression, NATO is a collective security alliance of 31 states that have agreed to consider an attack on any member to be an attack on all. In exchange for weakening NATO, 
undermining the U.S. stance in favor of Ukraine and its attempt to throw off the Russians who had invaded in 2014, and removing U.S. sanctions from Russian entities, Russian operatives were willing to put their finger on the scales to help Trump win the White House. When he was in office, Trump did, in fact, try to weaken NATO, as well as other international organizations like the World Health Organization, and promised he would pull the U.S. out of NATO in a second term, effectively killing it. Rutenberg noted that Russia's February 22 invasion of Ukraine looks a lot like an attempt to achieve the plan it suggested in 2016. But because there was a different president in the U.S., that invasion did not yield the results Putin expected. President Joe Biden stepped into office more knowledgeable on foreign affairs than any president since Dwight Eisenhower, who took office in 1953. Biden recognized that democracy was on the ropes around the globe as authoritarian leaders set out to dismantle the rules-based international order. He also knew that the greatest strength of the U.S., is its alliances. In the months after he took office, Biden focused on shoring up NATO, with the result that when Russia invaded Ukraine again in February 2022, a NATO coalition held together to support Ukraine. By 2024, far from falling apart, NATO was stronger than ever with the addition of Finland. Sweden, too, is expected to join shortly. But far more than simply shore up the old system, the Biden administration has built on the stability of the rules-based order to make it more democratic, encouraging more peoples, nations, and groups to participate more fully in it. In September 2023, Secretary of State Antony Blinken explained to an audience at the Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies that the end of the Cold War made people think that the world would inevitably become more peaceful and stable as countries cooperated and emphasized democracy and human rights. But now, Blinken said, that era is over. After decades of relative stability, authoritarian powers have risen to challenge the rules-based international order, throwing away the ideas of national sovereignty and human rights. As wealth becomes more and more concentrated, people are losing faith in that international order, as well as in democracy itself. In a world increasingly under pressure from authoritarians who are trying to enrich themselves and stay in power, he said, the administration is trying to defend fair competition, international law, and human rights. Historically, though, the U.S. drive to spread democracy has often failed to rise above the old system of colonialism, with the U.S. and other Western countries dictating to less prosperous countries. The administration has tried to avoid this trap by advancing a new form of international cooperation that creates partnerships and alignments of interested countries to solve discrete issues. These interest-based alignments, which administration officials refer to as diplomatic variable geometry, promise to preserve U.S. global influence and perhaps an international rules-based order, but will also mean alliances with nations whose own interests align with those of the U.S. only on certain issues. In the past three years, the U.S. has created a new security partnership with Australia and the United Kingdom, known as AUKUS, 
and held a historic first ever trilateral leaders summit at Camp David with Japan and the Republic of Korea. It has built new partnerships with nations in the Indo-Pacific region, as well as with Latin American and Caribbean countries to address issues of immigration. Two days ago, the Trilateral Fentanyl Committee met for the fourth time in Mexico. This new system includes a wider range of voices at the table, backing the membership of the African Union in the Group of 20, G20, Economic Forum, for example, advancing a form of cooperation in which every international problem is addressed by a group of partner nations that have a stake in the outcome. At the same time, the U.S. recognizes that wealthier countries need to step up to help poorer countries develop their own economies rather than mine them for resources. Together with G7 partners, the U.S. has committed to deliver $600 billion in new investments to develop infrastructure across the globe. For example, creating a band of development across Africa. Biden's is a bold new approach to global affairs, based on national rights to self-determination and working finally to bring an end to colonialism. The fight over U.S. aid to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and the other countries with which we have made partnerships is not about saving money. Most of the funds for Ukraine are actually spent in the U.S. or about protecting the U.S. border, as MAGA Republicans demonstrated when they killed the border security bill. It is about whether the globe will move into the 21st century with all its threats of climate change, disease, and migration, with ways for nations to cooperate, or whether we will be at the mercy of global authoritarians. Trump's 2024 campaign website calls for fundamentally reevaluating NATO's purpose and NATO's mission. And in a campaign speech in South Carolina today, he made it clear what that means. Trump has long misrepresented the financial obligations of NATO countries. And today he suggested that the U.S. would not protect other NATO countries that were delinquent if they were attacked by Russia. In fact, he said, I would encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they want. Letters from an American was produced at Soundscape Productions, Dedham, Massachusetts. Recorded with music composed by Michael Moss.